This is Newsfeed on Purple Radio. Hello everyone, I'm Lyon Clark and welcome back to Newsfeed with Purple Radio's news team. The one, only and best current affairs show at Durham University. Tonight we're going to bring you discussion into the bleak but important coronavirus emergency, updates from tension between the SU and Durfess, and we're going to hear all about today's National Day, Croissant Day. Alongside a whole host of headlines in the news and highlights from the world of entertainment and media. So stay tuned for the next hour for your weekly updates. First up we've got is the breaking news with Matt Peters. Breaking news. Good evening. 6,000 people on board a cruise ship in Italy have been barred from disembarking while health officials check if a Chinese passenger has symptoms of coronavirus. The death toll from the coronavirus outbreak has risen to 170. Cases have been diagnosed in, in at least 15 countries and may have implemented and many have implemented quarantine plans. In China, where the virus originated, health authorities said there were 7,711 confirmed cases in the country as of the 29th of January. British nationals trapped in Wuhan will return on f- home on Friday, Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab has said. Chinese authorities have confirmed the evacuation flight will leave at 7 o'clock local time. It is expected to land at RAF Bryce Norton. Passengers flying from Wuhan will be checked by Chinese officials at the airport at a handling centre, then taken to the airport's departure area, where British officials will do more health tests. Anyone who is unwell will not be allowed to board the flight, which will have a team of Ministry of Defence medics on board. When passengers arrive at Bryce Norton, they will be transported to former NHS staff accommodation in the northwest of England, where they will experience quarantine of up to 14 days. The daughter of Celtic and Scotland legend Billy McNeil has called for a ban on under-12s heading footballs in training to be extended to older age groups. The Scottish FA wants to introduce the ban due to fears over the links between football and dementia. McNeil, who had lived with dementia since 2010, died aged 79 last August. His family has helped launch the Billy Against Dementia Fund to support ex-players suffering from the condition. Susan McNeil believes more should be done to prevent young footballers from developing serious health problems later in life. The Scottish FA is expecting to announce a ban on under-12s heading the ball in training in the coming weeks. A similar ban has been in place in the US since 2015. A firefighter whose body was found in a river three weeks after he vanished during a night out died a hero, his fiancée told mourners at his funeral. Anthony Knott, 33, disappeared on the 20th of December and was found on the 10th of January in the River Ouse at New Haven. About 100 firefighters walked in procession to the church in Farnborough where the couple had planned to wed. Mr Knott's colleagues formed a procession from Orpington High Street in London to the nearby St Giles, the Abbot Church. About 100 firefighters lined the path to the church from Mr Knott's Adlington Station as well as from other areas including Lewisham and Greenwich, according to BBC South East reporter Charlotte Wright. Broadcasting colleagues have spoken in support of Alistair Stewart after he stepped down from ITV News, apparently in the wake of a Twitter race row. Those posting personal tributes to Stewart include former ITV newsreaders Katie Durham and Sky's Adam Bolton. Stewart left after what ITN called errors of judgement on social media. 
The reasons for the veterans broadcaster's departure have not been confirmed, but it came weeks after he was involved in a Twitter exchange with a black man in which he quoted a Shakespeare passage including the phrase angry ape. Stewart has used this verse once before on Twitter in response to a user who was not identifiably black. And finally, climate change activist Greta Thunberg says she is trademarking her name and the hashtag Fridays for Future movement to stop people from impersonating her. In 2018, Mrs Thunberg's school strike grew into a global movement that became known as hashtag Fridays for Future. Billions of people in countries such as Australia, Ghana, Germany and the UK have taken part in these protests. She said on Instagram that people have tried to sell products and collect money in the movement's name. Mrs Thunberg also announced that she will set up a non-profit organisation to handle the financial side of the movement. It will manage money raised from donations and book royalties. Thank you very much, Matt. That was the breaking news. Next up we have is the international news with Max Kendix. International. In international news, the death toll from the coronavirus outbreak has risen to 170, and a confirmed case in Tibet means it has now reached every region in mainland China. Chinese health authorities say there were 7,711 confirmed cases in the country as of the 29th of January. Infections have also spread to at least 15 other countries, as the Russian-Chinese border has been completely closed down. The World Health Organization will meet on Thursday to again consider whether the virus constitutes a global health emergency. More people have now been infected in China than during the SARS outbreak in the early 2000s, but the death toll remains far lower. SARS, also a coronavirus, caused acute respiratory illness. Researchers are racing to develop a vaccine for, to protect people from the virus. One lab in California has plans for a potential vaccine to enter human trials by June or July. In the European Union, as Britain leaves tomorrow, work still continues. The European Union's top diplomat on Thursday called on Serbia and Kosovo to resume dialogue, saying it's the only way to normalise their ties and achieve a final agreement. Talks between the Balkan neighbours broke down in November 2018, when Kosovo imposed a 100% tax on Serbian goods over Belgrade's refusal to re recognise Kosovo's independence. EU foreign policy chief, chief Josip Borrell is on a two-day trip to Kosovo before travelling to Serbia on Friday. In America, the impeachment trial of President Donald Trump continues as the National Security Council says that a book published by former advisor John Bolton contained top-secret details that must be removed. A manuscript of the book reportedly claims that President Donald Trump linked freezing military aid to Ukraine in exchange for a political favour. And finally, a new section of President Donald Trump's signature wall along the US-Mexico border has been blown over in high winds. Steel panels from the fence in a Californian town were knocked down on Wednesday morning as gusts of around 30 miles per hour were too much for the 9-metre-high panels as the concrete holding them had not yet dried. The wall is not entirely living up to Trump's promises of it being virtually impenetrable. That is going to be a tough blow for um, Donald Trump there. <laughs> um, but thank you very much, Max. That was the international news. Next up, I'm going to bring you is the Durham news. Durham news. So to this week in Durham news, it has been um, quite dramatic within the, especially within the Durham Students Union and Durfest. 
the Facebook page. So there was a great storm on social media as a leaked copy of a potential motion of censure against Durham Uni- Students' Union President Kate McIntosh was published on Facebook page Durfest. Only to be removed hours later following a letter of libel accusation from the SU. The motion detailed at least 19 clauses arguing for the removal of the SU president from office. These claims were unsubstantiated by further evidence in the motion or its appendices. Durham student Pape Palatinate have claimed that multiple sources indicate that the motion had been drafted by a member of the SU Assembly who were themselves looking to run as SU president for the next academic year. The student union requested that the post was removed on the basis that it was defamatory. The letter to their Durfist page defines defamation as including statements that include the plaintiff, the individual bringing the lawsuit, is incompetent in his or her job, trade or profession. This letter was also posted on the Facebook page. In response to the student union letter threatening a libel action, Durfist then countered and posted their own following on the Facebook page Unlike the issue, we believe in transparency and accountability. Alongside the link was a petition for anyone who wishes to express solidarity against the issue suing um, the Durfest page. I believe it is now being resolved, but it was quite spicy for a while. Next up, we have Solidarity, which is a student-led charity which seeks to raise awareness of refugee crisis and other, and offers grants to NGOs working with asylum seekers and refugees has been gotten brought out their new design of their t-shirt the design was is to symbolize hope peace and safety and were designed by wahid tarak a calligraphy calligrapher sorry from afghanistan currently living in moira camp lesbos the designs reflect his hope to find peace for him and his family in europe having begun as a solo effect solidarity's work has within three years mobilized 40 teams and 300 student volunteers all working towards a sustainable solution for the refugee crisis. In order to order the produce, the t-shirts um, Solidarity uses are ethical manufacturers which have RAP and OECO tax certifications. Uh, the t-shirts cost around £10 to buy and if you're interested they can be bought by via any um, Durham University rep. And slightly wider Durham City news Durham City Run Festival it will return for three days again in 2020. Following successful debut last year, it will include a full programme of events at Durham University's Sports and Wellbeing Park. The festival is being organised by the Events of North, um, supported by the Durham County Council and will tip place from July 16th to July 18th. The organisers have confirmed the official charity partner will be the local charity St Cuthbert's Hospital, to do great work and serving the community from Durham since 1988. And lastly, it has been a bit of a cold and overcast day, but tonight is said to be dry and tomorrow should be have brighter skies at the highs of 12 degrees, but potentials of a spot of showers during the midday. Saturday though is looking better with sunny intervals and potential for strong winds, so watch out. Um, but we, it will unfortunately return back to a light bit of rain and gentle breeze on Sunday. That's all from Durham News. Next up we have is What's On In Durham with Eleanor Scarlett Tatt. What's On In Durham? The Durham University Fashion Show starts today with the first show at 6pm tonight. Over the next three days, up-and-coming fashion brands will be displayed in support of the Durham Fashion Show selected charities Stop The Traffic and Fashion Revolution. With a catwalk in the form of a production line, the show aims to reveal the humanitarian costs of mass production and the exploitation happening across the globe. 
The Durham Union is hosting an evening with Bill Bryson at 8.30pm tonight in the debating chamber. The former Chancellor of Durham University will share his experiences and introduce his most recent work titled The Body. Duck Charities is hosting the first ever Duck Run this Sunday. The 5k run in aid of the charity Breast Cancer Now will start at 1pm at Maiden Castle and follow a route along the Maiden Castle fields and the racecourse. Entry is £5 and the dress code is pink in aid of Breast Cancer Now. A climate strike is to be held next Friday outside the Bill Bryson Library. On Valentine's Day, Durham University students will be meeting outside the Billy Bee at 11.30am and walking down to the marketplace to show support for those in school st striking for climate action. Finally, the SU will be hosting a bake sale this Sunday outside the SU. The sale will be running from 10.30am to 3.30pm in aid of the charity Breast Cancer Now. That's all from me. I hope you have a good week and enjoy all the events on offer. Thank you very much, Eleanor. It looks like it's going to be a very um, active and packed week, as always second term is in Durham. But next up, we're going to have to move to a slightly more bleak topic, unfortunately. But it is very, very important. It has been the talk and highlight of every single headline of the news at the moment, and it is the coronavirus emergency. Um, a discussion that will be brought to us by Billy Payne and Natasha Livingston. Story of the week. Hello again. Sorry, it's a bit of a grim one. Again, it's never really fun on Story of the Week. Hasn't been for a while. Actually, no, yeah, last week was Harry. Harry and Meghan. That was as fun as it's gotten, I think. Um, okay, so... As previously mentioned, it is the coronavirus that we're going to discuss today. Now, uh, there's a lot of questions about what it is, where it's come from. This, the current thing that WHO, which is the World Health Organization, is saying is that it has come from animals. Many of those infected either worked or frequently shopped in the Huan, I could never say it, Huanan seafood wholesale market in the center of the Chinese city, but also sold live and newly slaughtered animals. New and troubling viruses usually originate in animal hosts. Ebola and flu are examples. Now, this has come in today, but the death toll from the coronavirus has risen to 170, and a confirmed case in Tibet means it has reached every region in mainland China. Chinese health authorities said that there, is there were 7,711 confirmed cases in the country as of the 29th of January, so as of yesterday. Infections have also spread to at least 15 other countries. WHO will meet on Thursday to again consider whether the virus constitutes a global health emergency. Uh, their Director General, uh, Tedros Adhanom, I believe that's how you say it. In the last few days, the progress of the virus, especially in some countries, especially human-to-human -human transmission, worries us. He named Germany, Vietnam and Japan, where there have been cases of people catching the viruses from others who have been to China. Although the numbers outside China are relatively small, they hold the potential for a much larger outbreak, the Hu chief said. More, than, more people have now been infected in China than during the SARS outbreak in the early 2000s, but the death toll remains much lower. SARS, also a coronavirus, causes, causes acute respiratory illness. So, how this... Sorry, I don't really... You know, it's, a bit, it's not the most you know, discussion-worthy to topic, but uh, is this something that really should be panicked about or is it just another one of those ones like swine flu was like 20 like 2010 or whenever that was where it was massive and everyone thought it was gonna be the end of the world and we we're all gonna die from swine flu and then it was fine 
Well, they were saying what's really interesting about it is that it's um, sort of the most, uh, well, the first time we've had um, a potentially uh, academic like this, um, and there's been social media in the way that it currently exists. That's a good point. Um, and that obviously, you know, tends to lead to, um, you know, Mass hysteria, hysteria. Yeah. Um, and also misinformation. Um, and they were saying in China, there's uh, so much uh, misinformation on there. Um, like social media services that the government has had to basically create a government Siri that people will speak to them about um, the misinformation or whatever they've heard will help them you know be immune from the virus and then they will have to then they confirm whether it's true or not because there's so much um, yeah information that's not right out there like apparently one of the um, a commonly um, spread um, ways to sort of prevent the virus is to have raw garlic in your mouth for 10 minutes and apparently that will sterilize you um, but the, the reason that um, these sort of rumors are perpetuating is because you know the shops all the sort of alcohol and things that are you know medically um, well legitimate um, are all selling out so mm. yeah it's a combination of I think just social media is yeah and there's a lot of fake news everything. being spread did anyone else hear that there was alcohol alcohol stopped it I read it. I um, read it twice. Corona. That, corona. <laughs> that was the joke. Everyone was making the same joke. The corona will stop yeah. corona. But yeah, there was a whole thing going around that. So I was like, I was very confused. And there's that, like you're saying with social media, there's an element now where before it was done through proper means or you know World Health Organization. Yeah. Like this is this here from what I've just read is the first I've heard of the World Health Organization talking yeah. about. Everything else I've heard has been on Twitter. Exactly. So it's a very different sort of like reaction to it yeah i also saw for example um i have a friend who's out in china and she um shared a photo that was um circulating on chinese social media and it was these two people with a pram at an airport with actual bags over them like sort of like tied up yeah i've seen loads of photos of that yeah yeah and like again that's the sort of image where if you're sitting at home and you see that you just think oh my you know, oh my lord, <laughs> yeah, <a> lot <laughs> do I need to be sitting in a bag right now? <laughs> like a lot of the videos you see are like someone, they're like straight out of The Walking Dead. Like it's some of the scary yeah. stuff is being shared and that's very different. And as a result, that's what I was going to get onto. It, is this something that's maybe being hyped up a bit? Or mm. is it like, you know, is it the same old as it's been before where we've had epidemics, but they haven't gone to the level that this has? Because I think that that social media stuff has affected kind of government policy as well. Like, because of just how widespread and how bad the hysteria is, like, what was the thing that's happening in America? They're going to stop all flights to China, apparently. Or yeah, well, apparently British Airways is not confirmed. Stopped. British Airways have stopped. Yeah. And there's the quarantine thing. That's official, isn't it? The quarantine thing. Yeah. Like, you're good. If you come back, it's two weeks. Yeah. Quarantine. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Yeah. Is it in England or is it because Australia? There's three people in Scotland. Do you know about the Australia thing? What they've done? Australia have sent. So they've said you can come home, but we'll put you in quarantine. But it's on the Christmas. It's on Christmas Island which is an wow. Australian territory. That's where they're being quarantined. And that's not oh. Australia though. That's not the main, that's like 3000 miles away. Wow. So it's a very, yeah, it's like they're putting, Australia putting people on a separate island. So yeah. it's like all the flies. That's what you wonder like, will, do you think students will be repatriated? That there's, cause you know, people are currently, yeah. I've got friends here currently on their year abroad in China. Mm. Um, will that then affect it? You know, will they have to be sent well, back home? Maybe, yeah, cause if it gets, well, like I was saying, it's reached every territory in China, but then again, that could be in small numbers. Mm. I think they were know. saying that's why scientists at the moment are trying so hard to work out how it even started, because then when they understand how it transferred from an animal to a human, then they can understand how easily it, mm. it, it then is transferred from human to human, because I think that's what they're saying at the moment. Mm. They know that, you know, the death toll's rising, but then there are some people, generally younger people, who've got it, and 
they still have the fevers, but they seem to be sort of mm -hmm. fighting it off. So um, I think they, that's the, that's the whole reason there's so much hysteria. People they don't know. Even yeah. the yeah, World Health Organization mm. don't know how. What I read earlier in the Guardian, I think it was the Guardian, might be BBC News, but they were saying that the, apparently the first big medical trials for the cure are in June. Well, like the big, like the official ones are going to start in June. That's what we've seen the that they're going to try and put up a hospital in six days. I yeah, heard. apparently it's not even the first time that they've done that. I think which is <laughs> incredible. That's just you know a testament to China Chinese efficiency. Yeah. is incredible. Yeah, it's very impressive, and all that. Like the response to this has been weird, but like you were saying earlier with the Chinese Siri kind of thing, that because there is an element of um, censorship mm. with the Chinese government, so there's there's lot, been a lot of speculation as to whether these statistics are actually accurate or not. Yeah, because it would be it's beneficial. Be it's beneficial to hide it as well because yeah. you don't want this to be like damning if your country's already panicking you don't you want to calm people down you don't yeah. want to go it's worse than you even think they, don't they, forget they've also had a lot of political turmoil at the moment as well over yeah. the last since what's well, the summertime for the last six months so yeah. it's not been they haven't had it easy they're so also I, saying as well um one of they well part of the reason that people are still a bit distrusting of even the government information is apparently um, it was the like local politician for um, Wuhan, I think that's how you yeah, pronounce Wuhan. it. Um, he did this sort of promotional video about how well the Chinese local government is like dealing with the crisis and he was wearing his mask, like government distributed mask upside down. So his oh, nose no. was out and obviously then that means that it doesn't work at all. No. Um, so they were saying like, yeah, the trust that people have in the government and they already know that there's censorship and everything like, that's why, again, with the misinformation, that they're not trusting the state um, no, to provide credible information. It is really, but the response to it has been like, because Britain's really been panicking about it. Like, what was it? who's the health secretary? Matt Hancock? Yeah. I think he's the health secretary. He, I saw things like, this is a global emergency, and I'm, but I can see why, but it's, it's not here. It's like yeah. two people in Scotland. But I did find it, so I watched, if anyone's not watched any of them yet, Explained on Netflix, really, really fascinating. Mm. And there is one on pandemics, um, and it goes into the back history of swine flu and things like that. Um, really quite interesting how bird flu came about, was a bird had a flu, man had a flu. It wasn't able to transfer between the two of them, but it was able to go into a swine, sorry, it was swine flu. Oh no, it was perfectly sorry. Went into a swine, the pig then was able to pass. Yeah, there's the normally an intermediary, mm. isn't there? So it's usually an yeah. intermediary, so that I can understand like what they're trying to find. But um, it's interesting what came through in that documentary. They said, even though we are technically in the most advanced stage of development, with scientifically, with medical practices, that pandemic is still alongside like nuclear warfare is still the highest thing that could wipe out this entire planet. Yeah, because. And like, so maybe that's that's why the health secretaries are getting so concerned because, yes, it is currently still isolated, but it's still a very early days, mm. and the death tolls are rising. Um, as I say, we don't know if they're completely true, but they are rising rapidly. Yeah. And the moment you've got diagnosed cases in different continents, that is where it starts to get yeah. worrying. And it's also like, how do you stop it? Because. If you're transferring it through animals, what are you going to do? Get rid of all the animals. And they don't even know which Yeah, which they don't animal. know which animals. So, so it is all a bit of a mess. But yeah. say, like the mail as well, the media, even the British media aren't doing a very good job at, because obviously, you know, hysteria will generate lots of clicks for them. Mm. We've always been famously calming it down though. Like if yeah. you, the, oh God, I haven't even seen American coverage of that. But when <laughs> Ebola was happening, like, yeah. it was like there's one case in Britain, it was really calm. But America had like daily Ebola updates, where it is, yeah. is it going to get you? 
Is it been? It's been a bit more like that this time as well. I just I saw one example from the Mail, and they basically released a news alert when um, the um, trial results of the people in Scotland were released, mm. and they just said like you know um, shocking results of the um, people being tested in Scotland, and then they the results were negative, but yeah. they made the notifications sad. So everyone's like, oh my gosh, I need to look at my phone. Like what, you know, this is horrible. Mm. And then you know, actually, you know, and it's, it's fine. fine. And that's just for clicks, isn't it? And oh, you just definitely. think that's, that's so irresponsible. <laughs> yeah. There is really is clickbait, but yeah. What do you Corona think, clickbait. What do you think happens to current clickbait? What do you think happens now? We wait. We wait, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, get, I mean, you know, no offense, neither of us three are really gonna, you know, we're not gonna stop the coronavirus. <laughs> I'm afraid I don't think my history degree quite qualifies <laughs> nah, me. <laughs> but I don't know, it would just be interesting to see how this plays out. Will it be it because I think you are right that it is a social media thing. That's why this one seems like, you know, mm. I mean I'm a lot younger when swine flu was about, but I was still, I think I was in year five or something. <laughs> a lot a lot younger, but yeah. Um so it's very different to see how it's all gonna play out, but yeah. We'll see. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I mean, there's also, it could potentially um, be a good thing for Chinese um, nationalism. You know, did you see the videos of the people singing again yeah. in Wuhan against the, uh, nice. the streets? Yeah. So that was nice. Um, so, yeah, it could be, could maybe, could we say make or break the future of China? Ooh. We don't know. Ooh. Ooh. Big leave it on that. Big old I'm not, <laughs> I'm going to leave on that sort of existential crisis that. <laughs> uh, that Natasha is just little. So, thank you very much, um, Billy and Natasha, once again, for that discussion on the coronavirus. Um, to hopefully to move to a slightly lighter topic, um, it's very, very excited to welcome Francesca, I apologise if I pronounce your last name wrong, Hallowell. Yeah, that's Lovely. it. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> she is a, um, this is going to be her first time on Purple News um, feed. Yeah, so it is. So very warm welcome. I'm very excited to have her. So she's going to be bringing us to the entertainment news. Entertainment. Hello everyone, it's been a very eventful week in the world of entertainment, what with the Grammys and the National Television Awards. The news that has overshadowed everything is undoubtedly the death of basketball legend Kobe Bryant, who died in a helicopter crash on Sunday morning at the age of just 41. All nine people on board were killed in the incident, including Kobe's 13-year-old daughter Janet. Bryant was a genius on the basketball court, with two Olympic gold medals and five NBA championships to his name. He actually held the record of the third highest scorer in NBA history until LeBron James took, him, took over him on Saturday night. Not only is Bryant considered one of the greatest basketball players in history, he also dabbled in the film industry and actually won an Oscar in 2018 for a short animated film called Dear Basketball, which was actually inspired by a poem he wrote back in 2015 to announce his retirement from the game. Well, the news has, of course, prompted an outpouring of tributes from across the world, and the Grammys, which took place on Sunday evening, actually opened with a tribute to the player. Alicia Keys, who hosted the ceremony, dedicated an a cappella version of It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Bryant's memory. The show took place at the Staples Centre, which was actually where Bryant played his entire career with the LA Lakers. On the subject of the Grammys, it was a big night for pop star Billie Eilish, who won five awards, including Best New Artist and Song of the Year. She also replaced Taylor Swift as the youngest person to win Album of the Year. She is, of course, just 18 years old. Demi Lovato's performance also got everyone talking, marking her first appearance on stage since a suspected overdose two years ago. The Chemical Brothers were their only British act to win any awards. They scooped up Best Dance Album and Dance Recording Gongs. 
In other news, the National Television Awards took place on Tuesday night and winners included Jessie Nelson from Little Mix for her documentary Ob One Out about cyberbullying, Peaky Blinders for Best Drama and the critically not so acclaimed Mrs Brown's Boys. While some of the most celebrated shoes of the year came up trumps, season heavyweights like Flea Bargain, Killing Eve didn't even get a look in. And Love Island also didn't win any accolades, despite the fact that the final of the ITV2 show attracted over 3.6 million viewers last year. Anton Deck swept at the Best Presenter Gong for the 19th year running, and Gavin and Stacey was given a Special Impact Award. The show's Christmas special was the UK's most watched scripted TV programme of the 2010s, with Days to Spare, of course. And the British Bake Off won, or Great British Bake Off, won Best Challenge Show. So, Henry, if you're listening, congratulations. <laughs> On a more sombre note, broadcasting legend Nicholas Parsons passed away on Tuesday after a short illness at the age of 96. He was the host of Just a Minute for over 50 years, a comedy radio show that invites guests to speak without he hesitation, deviation or repetition on a given subject for 60 seconds. Parsons presented his last episode of the programme in September last year, which means of course that he was still presenting at the age of 95. He missed a recording of the show for only the second time last summer due to a bad back. Paying tribute to the veteran broadcaster, BBC Director General Tony Hall said very few people have done so much to entertain audiences over the decades and no one deserves to be called a broadcasting legend more than Nicholas Parsons. In other news, it was revealed yesterday that around 450 jobs will be cut from BBC News under plans to complete its £18 million savings target by 2022. BBC Two's Newsnight and BBC Radio 5 Live are among the outlets to be hit by job closures. Job cuts include the previously announced closure of BBC Two's Victoria Derbyshire programme. And finally, Nicki Minaj's older brother Jelani Mirage has been sentenced to 25 years in prison for raping an 11-year-old girl. Mirage was first arrested and charged back in 2015. His victim said she was raped up to four times a week and sometimes twice a day. Prosecutors have claimed that DNA evidence linked to Mirage was found on the girls' pyjama bottoms. Nicki Mirage failed to testify in court, though Mirage's lawyer read out a letter she wrote back in 2016 in which she called her brother the most patient, gentle, genuine, giving, selfless man I know in the hopes this would reduce his sentence. And that's all from me in the entertainment news. Thank you very much, Ellen. That Right, my head. I'm just in such shock of what just happened. I'm sorry. Um, sorry. Thank you so much, Francesca. That was beautifully delivered i'm in shock that's a horrific story yeah i didn't hear about that one yeah no it is really shocking i didn't know about it either actually it actually all kicked off as well in 2015 yeah. which i had no idea about for, but, um, for so long yeah you'd have thought kind of there'd be more publicity about mm -hmm. it but it's kind of been kept under wraps gracious all well he's not gonna have to serve his time too, yeah but dear how that young girl is never actually going to never actually going to quite measure up is it though okay <laughs> on to <laughs> potentially hopefully <laughs> billy please bring me something slightly lighter um on to trending with billy peen trending yeah you shouldn't rely on me to go for lighter i'm gonna be honest i'm starting out with kobe sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry yeah, sadly, on, I believe it was Sunday, was it Sunday? I think it was Kobe Bryant uh, passed away in a helicopter crash along with his daughter and seven others in Calabras, Calabrasas, in LA. Uh, the team, the NBA had a game on and they all started off, a, I think it was a 28 minute silence for the number on the back of his jersey, which is quite nice. 
there's a lot of other stuff that's happened though. Quite a lot. Katie Hopkins has been banned off Twitter. She has had every tweet deleted. Have you heard about this? I haven't, but you know what? That's really brought me some joy, so thank you. <laughs> Katie Hopkins. <laughs> Rachel Riley tweeted yesterday asking Twitter to check her Twitter account to for racism. Brilliant. And they checked it. And she, every tweet is gone. The account's still up, but every tweet is gone. Every, and every she can't tweet, tweet And apart from one, she's retweeted about Stormzy. That's the only tweet that survived. Everything else is gone. Isn't that not quite good? Good place irony at that moment in time when you have the one person she was retaliated against is the only thing left on her profile. I know. That is quite, oh, that is quite <laughs> nice. Oh, that is beautiful to hear. Uh, in, other th- in other news, I've got, some, I've got some nicer stuff now. We're all good. I can move into it. Uh, actually, not nice. Have you seen the Nigel Farage portrait? Oh. He's had a portrait commissioned of him tonight. He's quite on a busy Brexit week, Eve. Isn't on he? Brexit Eve, which yeah. is tonight. That's the number one thing trending on Twitter is hashtag Brexit Eve. Because it is tonight or tomorrow? Well, it's the 31st. The 31st of, and yeah. today's 30th. So, yeah. Brexit Eve. And then it's Brexit Day tomorrow. Oh, And then no. it's Broxing Day, maybe. Oh, gracious. Broxing all. Day. Oh, no. <laughs> I guarantee you'll be Broxing Day. Uh... Yeah, that's the big news, is that Farage had a portrait commissioned of himself, and it's just, it's a really bad, it's not a good portrait, I won't lie to you. To describe it? It's just like, it's meant to be realistic, okay. but it looks like a five-year-old's drawn it, good. but like, <laughs> it. but he's just sitting next to it. Was and it professionally done? It was professionally done, it's okay. in like a big so art he's hall. Paid he's paid for money for this, and he's like, he's doing the same pose when he's sitting next to it, but it looks like a five-year-old's done the painting, and he's just sitting there. It's really weird. I was quite. I, I stared at it for like a minute, just confused as to what was going on. Uh, wireless, the Wireless Festival, have announced their lineup. Oh. Uh, that's next door to me, actually, ten minutes away. It's quite nice. I don't actually have to go. I just hear it from my house. It's very nice. No, very nice. Uh, Timberlake's go. Timberlake, Jay Z, Fran, uh, Frank Ocean, Rita Ora, Kendrick, ASAP Rocky, Calvin Harris, Two Chains, and John Legend are all gonna be there. Quite nice. I, I won't even have to pay for that. I'll just listen. I'll just put my ear out the window and get you a hearing of that. Get it. You're from London. I know. Oh, it's <laughs> lovely. And to end it off, it's National Croissant Day. That's nice. That's really put me in the mood. Yeah. See, I started. It's been. It was a rough one, and now it's a bit of a nicer one. See? Right, everybody. What is your favourite condiment on a croissant? On a croissant. On a croissant. I mean, I'll, I would normally if well, I am you had have your ear brought in France, so this is. Well, yes. Well, see, <laughs> I was going to say if I'm gonna have a croissant, I'll have jam and butter, but I would actually always prefer a pan au chocolat. Okay. To me, croissants are far, far inferior. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. If, if I'm in the mood for a pan au chocolat, I'll go for it. Yeah. But normal croissant never fails. Haven't you never not are you been in the mood for a pan au chocolat? I've not been there. Like, I don't know. I've gone up and been like, nah, not today. Not today. No. I'm going to never had that Because it's the first meal. It's the first thing you eat. It's the breakfast thing. And you know if you have that, that, that's your day unhealthy. Like, that's basically it for the day. They're not unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> but like a croissant, you think, oh, <laughs> but a croissant, you think, oh, it's better. You know, that's not as bad. You know, we can work it. We can work our way with this. Mm. What about savoury croissant? Yeah. Has anyone ever? Mm. I've never had one. A Starbucks I've do like a cheese, cheese and ham yeah. one. I've never it's had a nice. cheese and ham one. Sounds pretty nice. No- in America, nice. in America, actually, that's a lie. I went to America, had a croissant, which, which what Burger King does, where the buns are croissant. Chip wow. my tooth on it, right oh, there. What? I've got a chipped tooth from a croissant, which in America. How hard was it? I don't stale? know. I remember <laughs> it was, it, I ate it. Had to be stale. I <laughs> ate it because I was like, well, I've got to, you know, I'll never know otherwise. Wow. I had it, and then I was like, oh, my teeth felt really weird. And then I was talking to my dad the next morning. He's like, you know, you chipped my tooth, right? I was like, what? I looked, no. 
But where are my teeth? I had that actually. I went to the dentist over Christmas and he was like, oh yeah, chip on, you know, you don't know the dentist language, they're like X13. And I was like, sorry, what? Really? And he's like, yeah, do you not notice? Well, anyway, it wasn't on a croissant though, I don't think. Yeah. Because I actually, as you say, following my year in France, get very, oh. only the best. Only the best. <laughs> Do you go imported stuff from Paris? That's too bad. I used to have French at eight in the morning, and um, to make it more better, I would stop in a little boulangerie and oh. get a nice uh, pan au chocolat. It was, it was great, great life. <laughs> I'm going to say it right now, Biscoff. Biscoff on what? a croissant. Uh-huh. That's a thing? Biscoff on a croissant. That sounds amazing. Incredible. I would never have thought In... that. Is it not too sweet? Oh, no. I'm doing it. I'm doing it's it tomorrow. So, I'm doing it. So I have Biscoff. Good. I have oh. Biscoff at home. I hope. Do you I heat it or do you have it cold? Oh, so my mum so will always, she, you know, she's in M&S. She's spot. Oh. She's, it's the classic. Makes a great day. It does. <laughs> She brings them in. It's always a how you open a good, you know, good day, a birthday. If it's not pancakes, it's croissant. Mm. Oh. And it's always warm in the oven. So it's oh. nice and not because the microwave is going to get soggy. It needs yeah. to be properly warmed. And then Biscoff. Nice. Can't beat it. We actually had um, <laughs> a on Christmas Day. But not with Biscoff. Mm. So next year. Next that's year. That's what we're going to have to do. Oh, I'll make a note of that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That's the big news of today. It's the big trending news. Trending. Are, a- are there any popular topics on Twitter? Uh, are there any... any Brexit day. Brexit, Brexit Eve. Eve. Hashtag Brexit Eve. Oh. Farage has had a portrait commissioned of himself. It looks really weird. Um, I meant, sorry, I meant like toppings. Oh, okay. to- I, I, said, I heard to- I did, anyone I else say topics? topics, but I meant toppings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh. care about the news. I want to know, you know what, what people put on their questions. I think Nutella's are quite a popular topic, but a topping. <laughs> oh, we're going to say Tasha. But that's kind of an interesting one then, because we've spent six months talking about croissants. But, that, <laughs> but it basically is a pan au chocolat then, is it not? If you put Nutella into a croissant, yeah. is it, it not? The, the people just clearly is want it a pan au chocolat. Wow, this is this, we're getting into the deep questions here. I'm just I'm looking to see if there are any condiment. I feel like there's gotta be twists. I think like butter, butter and filling. jam. I think yeah. are just the classic. It yeah. doesn't fail. It's just a go-to. I'm just plain butter, butter and jam, or a biscoff. There's I just think. a photo of a squirrel eating a croissant. I hate to disappoint. No, no one's really talking. No, no one's really no talking cheese. about it in that much depth. It's just photos no. of croissants. Is it, I, when you add it, there is the one has the um, apricot through it and it has oh, the pecan yeah. flakes on top. I don't know what that one's called, oh, I'm afraid. Yeah. sounds fancy. Probably straight I've been or living. Something. I've been living a sheltered <laughs> croissant life. <laughs> right, everyone needs to get themselves to French yes. Village. Go down to, um, what's it called? French Village is from Belfast. What's the one? Patisserie. Oh, Patisserie Valerie. Valerie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone has yes. Patisserie Valerie. Is there one in Durham? There yeah, is. It's, there it's, is by, it's by TJ Hughes. For us, Durham has listening. TJ Hughes. What <laughs> was that? Oh, it's what? It, to be fair, it's new. It's newly opened. Oh, oh it's ro- Prince Bishop's su- goes super straight down. We're super druggers. Oh, what does it sell? TJ Hughes or Patisserie Valerie? TJ Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Everything wow. you need. It's just like a big old anything store. It's one of those ones. Amazing. It's pretty good. See, so you go for a year and it's all changed. <laughs> all changed around here. <laughs> Okay, and on that note, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening in to another week's newsfeed. Please watch out for also our new discussion show, the um, Seven Days Podcast. It's kind of like Newsbeat Five Live. It's a platform for the news team to get alongside guests from Durham societies and sports teams to voice their opinions on topics ranging from lighthearted to political and intriguing. Um, these will be available on the spot on Spotify and Apple Music on the weekend. Also, we will have a copy of this newsfeed show so you can listen back to all the best bits. Also, keep an eye on our Facebook page and Instagram and Twitter. 
because we will be hopefully got some interesting interviews lined up for the this term um co-part with a couple of interesting journalists so some very interesting ones to look out for but that is all for tonight thank you so much for listening in please tune in again again at five to six o'clock next week for your weekly news updates i'm Naomi clark and have a good weekend this is purple radio Follow us on Instagram and Snapchat at Purple Radio UK.